everybody, and welcome back to the Rugged Identity Podcast. This is your host, Blake Blackwell, and today is episode five. Um, if you guys have not gone back and listened to the first four episodes, they're very beneficial, and I definitely would check those out as episode one goes over why we chose Rugged Identity, and then the next three episodes go over every single core value that we have, which is loving your neighbor, that is following Jesus, and that is what it means to work hard. But today, we have a special topic that I'm very excited about talking about because it is something that has grown in popularity and the saying that we hear a lot is religion versus relationship. Even some people would go to say why I hate religion, why I love relationship. And we're going to kind of break that down and talk about what that means and the differences in that and really just give more of a clear understanding of what religion is, what relationship is, the goods and the bad of both, um, and just kind of break that down further so we can understand a little bit more. But if you guys listened to last week's episode, you know, I talked a little bit about what we're going to be talking about this week and the special guests that we have, and I'm very, very excited. It's going to be a lot of fun that we have my dad with us today, Um, Joe Blackwell, who is the head baseball coach at Southwestern Christian University, which is pretty cool. We both get to coach there. He's been there for a while, and it's my first year. But um, he also plays many different roles on campus, and I believe relationship is a big deal to him as he has some strong relationships at the school. And has impacted some people's lives in a really, really positive way and maybe a negative way sometimes, but I'm just kidding. For the most part, he's a pretty good guy. I mean, I turned out all right, I think. Um, But um, so, Dad, would you just introduce yourself and kind of talk about, you know, um, your time at Southwestern, what you do and kind of why you want to be there and what what made you, um, as a lot of people don't know, but I do, you know, you worked numerous other jobs um, before that, but you really felt called to go to a place where college students were there, um, and it wasn't just a job for money, it was a job more for impacting people's lives. Can you go a little bit more in depth on that? Absolutely, and thank you so much for having me today, and it's just an honor to be here. Um, First, yeah, I spent 20 years of my life working at AT AT&T, which we all know is a Fortune 500 company and served in many different roles there. Um, My latest was I was a regional vice president over in in Oklahoma and also in North Texas and had many employees um, that reported to me. And I had a lot of retail experience. So I was over all of our retail distribution for those states and those areas. And I found that we had many college students that were working in in our stores. And while we know how popular social media is, the longer that I was there, the more those students that came um, are young men and young women. And they love to tweet and text and love to come to work a little late and love to leave a little (laughs) early. So I I found that um, the more and more I was around that, the more and more I felt like God was laying on my heart to work with that specific generation. And, and basic things such as just manners and the thank yous and the yes ma'ams, no ma'ams, yes sir, no sir, thank you for your business, how was your day today, and just that social interaction that seemed like we live in a world where we have social media, but sometimes it seems where it wasn't so social. Um, many of those young men and women knew much about technology, however, they didn't know how to even explain that technology to, to others. So that that's really, uh, with my journey, that's what led me to Southwestern Christian University as well. Well, cool. That's, that's really neat, and I'm glad to have a dad that thinks that way and that 
really has set a good example for me on um, just manners and things in general, just speaking in public, speaking to people and having a little bit better, I would say, communication skills that a lot of the kids out there right now have, but I appreciate that very much. Um, and obviously where we're working at now, Southwestern Christian, you probably, the values of there are probably night and day, completely different. Not saying there's anything against companies out there that don't have that Christian label on them, but there is differences and there's probably pretty key differences on why, um, that is. But what, what would you say some of the biggest ones are? Like, what would you say, you know, the way that we run is obviously going to be a little bit different than the way that they ran. But do you see that as a, like they say, you're over admissions, you have your baseball team. Do you think there's a difference in the way that they communicate? Have you seen it that be better than where you were? Or is it about the same and you think you're just in a place that you can impact them a little bit better? Well, I think a lot of it is the culture in which the, um, I mean, they're both organizations. But the culture at Southwestern Christian is one that it's a private institution. It allows you to, if I want to pray, then I can do that with freedom. If I want to talk about talk to a young man or talk to a young woman about Christ and the impact that he can have on his or her life, then I have the opportunity to do that. There, there are situations that I could share that I that's not always been the case. So just being able to have that freedom and know that you have that freedom and support of um, where you work and where you spend a lot of your time, that you have the freedom to do those things. Yeah, and that's a really neat deal because even on the news, I mean, some of us that still, I don't, I try to stay away from the news. I don't watch it a whole lot just because I don't like filling my mind with all the negativity. But I saw on the news the other day, I was in the gym and I was seeing the TV that, you know, it's above the treadmill and I'm not going to lie, I was taking a little bit of a break <laughs> because I'm, I'm getting a little bit out of shape. I've been eating way too much food this week. I know you have been too. Oh, <laughs> but uh, cheeseburgers were catching up to me, so I'm sitting there and I'm watching TV and I noticed that um, I actually made it to court. I don't know how far along it made it. I wasn't paying too close of attention, but there was a football coach that got taken to court because he was um, pretty much, he wasn't forcing his students to bow their heads in prayer before a game, but he was putting a pretty big emphasis on that, and I think that's that's kind of the way the world is going. So we're very thankful to have an organization and an institution that allows us to do those things because many others we probably probably wouldn't be able to um, share like that. And obviously, you know, we are Christians, so we would be sharing like that, but we may end up getting in trouble or things like that from where we would have been. Uh, but that leads me to my next point when you're talking about students, um, younger generation people that when you're working at AT&T, they probably had, if you're doing on paper an evaluation of them and the checkbox of things that they were really good at, when it comes to what you would want in that job, they probably were really good at almost all of them besides that communication aspect, correct? Yeah, many times um, the way that technology is moving forward in our society, they knew more about the technology that we offered than, than I did in many cases. So they spend so much time with their with their devices that they have they have taught themselves they've trained themselves there was very minimal training necessary in in many of those cases yeah absolutely and so it's that's one of those things that i see a lot of now and when you think about students cuz it's my first year to get to recruit and you know in the back of my mind i'm thinking recruiting is going to be amazing and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be really easy to get kids to come here because on paper, you know, they're really good archers, they're really good things. But then when you go to talk to them, it's kind of like what you're talking about, some kids' communication skills 
uh, may not be the best. And I almost want those kids sometimes that can communicate with me a little bit more that I know are going to be on time and are going to communicate about their schoolwork. Um, they're going to communicate about practice, you know, maybe what they're struggling with and things like that that'll come to me than ones that may just do everything right, but I may not hear from very often. I really enjoy that relationship. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. And we'll get in that, um, get to that here in just a little bit about being able to check all of the boxes, but as long as that relationship and that communication, as long as that's not there, then checking those boxes don't hold the value that they do if you did have that communication or that relationship. Um, but going into my next point, <laughs> you're going to like this one because I didn't tell you we were going to be talking about this and I hope it doesn't embarrass you too much. <laughs> I'm not yes. going to talk about the Starbucks drink you had yesterday <laughs> or this morning. Actually, you had two in a row, didn't you? I did have two in a row and I do appreciate the Starbucks gift cards you purchased for me. Uh, that, that, did, that has been paying <laughs> off the last couple of days. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> that's, that's true. I did buy him a Starbucks gift card, so I can't say too much. But, um, you know, we talk a lot about hunting on this podcast, uh, and you, you technically, I mean, you haven't really, you didn't grow up hunting very much, um, which you're my grandpa, your dad, he does hunt. So I yes. don't know how all that played out. That must've been later on down the road, right? But he, when you were a kid, he didn't hunt very much, did he? No. And we didn't spend much time. And we, realistically, we didn't spend much time, um, hunting or doing, doing, we spent time doing other things, but hunting wasn't one of those things. Yeah. It wasn't one of those things. So whenever I was younger and I would go hunting, you know, if grandpa's there, and say we shot a deer or something, you know, skinning a deer, we have him there. He's done it. You know, he's got that experience. But if it's just me and you, especially like that first time that I shot a deer and no one else is around. Oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> it was a little it was a little bit difficult, wasn't it? It was very difficult. Matter of fact, I'll go ahead and tell on myself. Um, the night before, I thought, well, what happens if we do actually shoot a deer? And we'd been to this one spot multiple times. And I don't know if we had ever seen a deer from that stand. No, from a grandpa's voice, you know, he there's a ton of deer out here, but yeah, they, we didn't see anything on camera. There was corn on the ground every time we went. We never saw a single deer, but lo and behold, <laughs> the time that it's just me and you, when we're kind of unprepared, because I didn't know what I was doing, you know, I was just a kid and you had never really been hunting and it wasn't your fault, just no one had taught you yet. And so you're just pretty much going online and you... You printed off instructions on how to clean. Oh, yeah, I printed off deer. instructions and brought them with me just in case to how to gut a deer. And let me tell you, oh crap. And when I say oh crap, I mean that literally because uh, that day I actually shot my first buck. And it was a pretty good deer. Um, it was kind of a tag team effort. I think I shot him and he was going down. But there's a big creek that was in the backside of that place. You remember that? It was yes, pretty I steep. Did. And if that deer fell off in that creek, I don't know how we're... I mean, it's probably, what, 15 foot drop? We weren't so, getting it out of there if it went in that creek. No, nah, it would have been a job. We probably would have had to hook it up to a truck or something and pull it out. But it was it would have been a pain to get what we were talking to, talking about. And so uh, Dad had to finish him off for me, which was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but so we shot the deer, and um, we didn't – I think we stopped to get a rope, too, that morning because we didn't have a rope or anything to hang it. No. Uh, you know, we I've skinned deer on the ground before, and it's not the funnest thing ever, especially if there's a bunch of stickers and – tall grass it's a lot easier to hang them up you know and put a bucket underneath their head or if you're out in the woods you know just let the drip blood drip out the head and onto the ground but you know we thought that was pretty much the only way to do it i mean that's the way the instructions told us to do it so that's what we thought we had to do and so we couldn't find anywhere obviously that was open because you know when you go hunting you're waking up early in the morning and we had what like an hour drive hour yes, and a half drive absolutely so we stopped at a 7-eleven and i don't know why they had all they had was a clothesline in there 
That's a right. little bitty rope. I remember that. And so we start pulling this deer after we shot it up in this tree, and uh, the rope snapped. We fell back one time. I remember sweating so bad we couldn't hardly stand it and wiping and all I, over our face. And we both had poison ivy when we got back to the house. Yeah, remember. because we fell and what we fell into, we didn't know that. But you can tell we were some really out, big outdoorsmen back in the day. We, we knew a lot about everything, not. So we, I had poison ivy all over me. He had poison ivy all over him, and it was an ordeal. But the good thing is that we got that thing skinned and cleaned, and we, we got her done. But that's just a little side note of... You know, where we started out, Dad, you're still not a huge hunter, but you enjoy it. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more enjoyable now, probably because you know a little bit about, more about what you're doing. Because you have those relationships with people that have, you know, you've seen it along the way. You know what you're doing. Um, and this brings me into what we're going to talk about today of religion versus relationship. Because religion can be a lot of things that we find places. Um, and we can think that religion is more of just a checklist. You know, there's... You can work your butt off all the time and try to do things right and have this checklist of things to do. And it was really nice last night. So I'm just going to go ahead and pause and go a little bit off topic. Um, if the audio is not the, be- the best in here right now, we're in a hotel room because we're at a conference um, called Youth Quest, which is for um, where we are. This is the, um, what, how would you describe Youth Quest? You've been here. Oh, a long I would time just say it's, a, it's like a teen talent competition for. And we, we come here and we work a booth for the university and recruiting students, but it is youth conference. But every night you have services as well where they can, we, and we can also, we do as much as we can to connect those students to our university, but also connect them to Jesus Christ. Exactly. So it's a really, really good deal. Um, I, I, he's had more success with getting kids for baseball here because baseball is obviously a little bit more popular, a little bit more popular, but the archery kids are few and far in between. So it's been a little bit tougher for me, but the best thing about this is not just getting away from work and all that stuff. We have had to work the booth and things like that, but you get to go to service every night and you get to listen to some amazing worship music, get to build some relationships with some kids and you get to hear some amazing messages. And last night, the message, um, and even today, the whole topic of the week is work willingly, right? And so we hear a lot about work willingly and it, you wouldn't think it at first, but it ties directly into this topic. And last night's message, um, was over the prodigal son, and over, you know, what a lot of times the church tells us, what a lot of times people will tell us, especially those who are new to the faith, but a lot of times it's those who have been in church for a long time. You know, you you get this idea in your head of um, what religion is, and that's exactly what it is. It becomes more of religion, becomes more of a checklist, and it's not so much of a relationship with Jesus because we understand that our relationship with Jesus is forgiveness. Um, and just like we talked about last night, you know, it's over and over and over again, no matter how many times. Um, but what, what would you, how would you describe that religion versus relationship? Because I know we talked about, we're going to go over this topic and you're, you're pretty wise on this. And there's a lot of times I've talked to you about, um, topics that pertain to this when talking to people, like especially different religions and stuff like that. But Christianity too, I mean, you can have a lot of not necessarily false teachings, but false ideas, um, that don't really line up to exactly what it is. Like we're missing the mark somewhere. Well, I would describe it like this. Um, I'm not religious. And what does that mean when you say you're not religious? What um, Blake just went over a first-time novice hunting trip. And honestly, I don't have, to this day, have a lot of experience hunting. However, the whole purpose for, for me getting up that morning 
and taking my son to going hunting was because it was something that he was interested in. And it wasn't about, to be honest, I was a little, I was a little concerned that we saw a deer that day because I thought, oh no, what happens? <laughs> He's going to see how much of an idiot his dad can be. And you know, as a, as when you're as a dad with their son, the son looks up to their dad and is like, hey, when they're, when they're younger, they don't think you can do any wrong. Well, on that day, I showed him that I can do a whole lot wrong. But the purpose of going out there that day was not, my purpose was not to go hunt a deer. My purpose was to have a stronger relationship with my son because that was something that he enjoyed doing. And so I wanted to share in something that I might not enjoy doing as much as he does, but I wanted to share that with him to build our relationship. People, when people start talking about the word religion, you'll hear them say, I do X religiously. That means they're consistent. If you start talking about, I do this religiously. I work out religiously. I go at 9 o'clock at night. I go to the refrigerator religiously. You can find me there consistently on, on many evenings. People will say that. There's a lot of things that you have, we have formed as habits that we do religiously. Um, young people today, they're on their phone religiously. Those things do not, being religious and being consistent about things is good, but that does not mean it, it builds to relationship. So I think that so many times people say, I'm religious, and we, we automatically go to a Christian realm or denominational realm or something of that nature, and it's not always about that. It's always about. It's more about the relationship. And the relationship that we're talking in this podcast is yes, we have a relationship with each other, but we're we're talking about the relationship that we have with um, with our heavenly Father. Exactly. So, would you, with you, with that being said, would you say sometimes that people who focus more on their religion instead of their relationship think that they need to earn? They're trying to earn Jesus instead of just. Um, taking what Scripture says um, and just getting it freely. Do you think that's? I think that's that's true. I do think that religion it can religion also can be people focused. Yeah, and we get. I mean, in, there's so many times that we find somebody that we look up to that maybe we even think is as a, as a mentor in our life, and and people daily let you down. Um, there's something. I mean, I'm your dad, and I'll do my best not to let you down, Blake, but you know what? I've let you down before, and I'm probably going to let you down again. And the thing is about relationships is we've got to keep our eyes focused on Christ. If we keep our eyes focused on Christ, He's not going to let us down. Yeah. Um, but if we keep our eyes focused on people all the time, we're going to have those, those letdowns, and that's why, um, that's why it's so important to, to know the difference between the two. Yeah, exactly, and that makes me think of Galatians 1. Um, verse 10, which says, For I am now trying to persuade people or God, or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Amen. So basically what it's saying right there is that as long as you're trying to please people, if you're more focused on pleasing people than pleasing the Lord, because there's a lot of things in religion that are, I know this is kind of bold, and but it's true, they're man-made. So, I mean, you'll hear a lot of people, we talked about this last night, I mean, you hear a lot of people say, hey, he's not going to keep coming back every time you keep sinning, that's pushing God farther and farther and farther away. It's not necessarily pushing him farther away, it's kind of bringing yourself farther away, you're the one that's running away, 
But as we've learned and as we read in Scripture, no matter how far we run away, Jesus keeps coming after us. <clears throat> but um, another thing with religion versus relationship is not just, like we said, trying to please people um, or trying to just earn it. But like I said, when it comes to religion and just checking things off a list and making it more of just to what we have to do and what we need to do, um, I think of circumcision. And you can read a lot about circumcision. Yeah, I know that's... <laughs> hey, actually, let's just start right there. What is circumcision, Dad? <laughs> I'm kidding. We've already had this talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go over that. If you want to know what circumcision is, I guess just look it up, but I'm not the one that told you to do that. So, <laughs> uh, Circumcision in Acts chapter 15. Um, let's go ahead and go to Acts chapter 15. Give me just a minute. Come on. Load. Acts chapter 15, verse 8. It says, And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them to the Holy Spirit. Just as he also did to us, he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now then, we are, why are you testing God by putting a yoke on the disciples' necks that neither our ancestors, nor we have been able to bear. On the contrary, we believe that we are saved through grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way that they are. So what he's talking about right here is there was a big dispute. Um, there was a big dispute because back then, um, there's a big distinction, you know, in the Old Testament and New Testament. And that's that's going to have to be a whole other lesson. Um, we just don't have time to go into that. But at, there was a point where to be holy... Um, would you agree, Dad? They said, you know, you had to be circumcised. And so this, they believed if you were not circumcised, which is a physical action, um, <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail what it is, but it, it is, just take my word for it if you don't know, it is a physical action. They believed that you had to be circumcised um, to be saved, you know, to be enough. And so what they're saying here is that they're trying. They're basically telling them, "Hey, you know, your your mindset is more on things that you have to do and have to get done, instead of just having faith, instead of just surrendering, instead of just saying, hey, you don't have to do all these things to have a relationship with Jesus.' You know, you're you're basically saying that you're God at this point, and you're the one that's making that decision, saying, "Hey, these people aren't enough. They're not worthy. Like that's not our job to do that. Um, but it is." There's no physical action that is going to get us into heaven. And that's a lot of what religion, when we talk of religion versus relationship, what that means is that you're thinking you have to do X, Y, Z things and then you're enough. You know, me and me and my wife are married now. We haven't been married for a whole long time, just a couple of months. But if we were to say, hey, I have to do this, 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 and this before I get married, I have to do all these things, and then once I become perfect, then we'll be good. We can get married. I don't know if we would ever have gotten married. I think we'd have probably dated for the rest of our lives, and on the day we died, looked at each other and thought, wow, I think we missed the mark there because the relationship is so much bigger than just having to get things done. It's so much bigger than saying, hey, this person's not enough or you know, X, Y, Z, checking things off a box. Uh, do you have anything to add to that? No, I would just say that what Christ wants us to do is, I mean, it's— and I. It's not about works. It is about a relationship. Now, I will say a relationship takes work. Yeah. A quality relationship takes work. You can have a good relationship and you can have a bad relationship. And what that what does that mean? Well, 
you know, God wants to hear from us every day. Jesus wants to hear from us. When, um, if you're not talking to him and you're not spending time with him, then you cannot have a relationship. Um, and prior to that, I mean, God doesn't ask for what, basically what he wants us to do is he wants us to pray and to accept him as our, as our heavenly Lord and Savior. And I didn't just say Savior. I said Lord and Savior. And part of that is you, you want to spend time together, just like any relationship. That's why that on this earth, Christ has given us so many earthly examples. Of course, he calls himself our Heavenly Father. Well, you have an earthly dad that you spend time with. You have, um, there. that's an example. We have people that we're around all the time. God says he wants you to have a relationship with him. Well, he puts people around us all the time where we have to work on a relationship. So we, we should know um, and we should carry that on so we can build relationships with one another. Therefore, we are being trained to understand relationship. We are being trained to to know that we should be talking to Jesus, spending time with Him, spending time in His Word, to build that relationship. And if you go on, even in even in Scripture, Scripture talks about in 15, in John fifteen four and five, it says, "Abide in me, and I in you." That's just abide in me, and I in you. So God wants to be with us as he wants us to be with him. And it, and it talks about it. You should be able to see evidence of that relationship as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Is what Jesus is saying. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is telling us there that he wants to be with us. And when he is with us, and we do have that great relationship, you will be able to see see the fruits of your harvest. And you'll be able to see that, and others will be able to see that in you and know that you represent our God. That's good. Um, And I'm just going to go off on a little bit of a, not really a rant, but we're kind of winding down here on time, and I just really want to hammer home um, to end this. Exactly, you know, just a condensed version of what we mean, because I don't want any of this to be super confusing, um, because obviously, like, if you click on this podcast right now, and it's if you find it in a certain category on Spotify or on Apple, um, it's going to be under religious. It's a religious podcast. So I don't want you to think when you get off of here that, we don't believe in religion at all. We we do. I mean, we are, we we're religious. I mean, I would go out to say that we are religious. Um, but what I'm saying is, there's an idea of religion that is a checklist. There's an idea of, hey, I need to wake up every Sunday and go to church. And there's some people out there, and you may be listening and thinking this: if I miss, or if I sin during the week, or if I do any of these things and I I mess up, that. I'm not checking that box. I, I hope God still loves me the next day. I hope he still has a relationship with me. I hope he's still going to have space for me in heaven when I die. You know, I I hope that that's the case. And that, that is definitely the case. I mean, it's there's going to be times where we mess up, just like Dad talked about. You know, there's he said, I'm gonna, I've am i let you down before. I'm going to probably let you down again. And I'd, I'd probably say, yeah, you're probably going to let me down again. Not in a bad way, but we're human. You know, that's, that's just how it is. Um, but... Religion versus relationship, this can be one of the most hurtful things um, to those 
that are not just new to Christ, but also that have been um, been saved, you know, that have said that they've been saved and they've given their life to Christ for a long time because there is places that we go. And it, it can be getting worse. I, I don't know. I've, I'm very thankful for the church that I'm at um, and the people that I'm surrounded by that I, I don't have this mentality. But there has been times in my life where when I was newer to the faith, not really newer, but just younger, um, even in the college, sometimes I would think, hey, like I've messed up. I keep messing up. You know, I got to keep doing these things. The more I don't do these things and just check it off the box. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't know what my relationship looks like because obviously our relationship is so much more than just checking things off a box. But it was like that the, my life was a tree and I had fruit on it. And every sin in my life, everything that wasn't right, everything that I didn't want anyone to see or know about or anything like that was like bad dead fruit hanging on this tree. And I would continuously try and go pick off all this fruit and hurry, get it off, get it off, get it off, just so the good stuff's on there. And so when I show up somewhere, all I do is look perfect all the time. I look like the stereotypical Christian, okay? I'm hiding all the bad things in my life. But the truth is that tree that's producing that bad fruit, that sin, you know, when we give our life to Christ, that tree is, it's no longer there. That tree is no longer needed. You know, that tree's cut down. We have a new tree. Our life is a new tree because when Jesus came and died for us, you know, he rose again on the third day. You know, when he, whenever we give our lives to Christ, we're not just saying these things. We're not just talking out loud saying, oh yeah, like I feel that tug on my heart. I'm giving my life to Christ. I got to start doing things right. It's not about just doing things right. It's about pursuing Jesus and saying, hey, everything in me is yours now. And when you get to that place where that's genuine, because you may go from the spiritual like church camp high and you're feeling that way, then the next week later you get back around all your friends and you may not feel like that anymore. But there's going to be a time in your life, I'm not saying you're not going to be tempted, but you're going to be so content and so in love and so fixed on the Lord that all those things that you think were on that checklist are no longer going to be a checklist because you love him so much that you you want to do that. You genuinely have joy and happiness when you're doing the right things. <laughs> you don't want to go back to that. I get it. Yeah, there's, sin is tempting. Sin, <laughs> obviously. I mean, people wouldn't sin if it was, sin wasn't fun. Sinning's fun. <laughs> I'm going to go out there and say that. Sinning's fun. But um, there's something so much greater than sin. And once you really experience that love of the Lord, once you really experience how much greater stuff is on the other side, then you're, you're not going to want that. You're not going to want to sin at all anymore, and you're still going to mess up, but you're not going to want to. And the truth of the matter is, there's people that think right now that they have a relationship with Jesus and they have it all figured out, and they put on this fake facade every Sunday and every Wednesday when they go to church and when they go out in public or they go to the grocery store and they make other people think that they have it all figured out. But I've been watching The Chosen right now, um, and it's talking about all these religious people in the beginning that walk around and people have to bow before them um, and do all these things. Nicodemus is who I'm directing. He's a very religious man. You know, he, he checks everything off the box, but he's missing the mark because he's missing that relationship. He's just more of trying to please people like we talked about earlier, but in Matthew chapter 7... There's going to be people like this, and this is what breaks my heart, and this is why I'm saying this right now. And because religion is not the mark that you need to hit, relationship is. It says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of the Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we emphasized, we prophesied in your name, 
and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. And when we go back to the first episode of Behind the Name, you know, we talk about David being a man after God's own heart. And if he's a man after God's own heart, you know why? He messed up so many times when he talked about all the sin that was in his life. But he had that relationship with Jesus. And so these people right here, you may think, oh, they're not, they're not, they don't seem like they're sinning a whole lot. They don't seem like they're really doing anything wrong, but they don't have that relationship with Jesus. The fact of the matter is you can be one of the best people I've ever met and be a great human being. But if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, I mean, there's no spot in a little corner of heaven. Uh, that's people that didn't know me, but they're the good guys. So we'll, we'll let them in and just let them have a little section. That's just not the truth. You have to have that relationship with Jesus. And that's the main goal of all of this is that religion works your sin. You're never too far gone. You're never too far gone. No matter how many times you sin, Jesus is going to keep on chasing you down every single time. It's about having that relationship with him. No matter how many times you show up to church, if you don't give your life to Christ, then it's not going to matter. Nothing matters unless you give everything to Jesus. And David was a man that he's never going to, he never looked at David and said, you're a man that I don't know, you know, get away from me. He said, that's a man after my own heart. And if that's a man after his own heart, then it has to be a man that he knows. And that's because even though he sinned, and we talked about his sin, some of the worst of the worst things you could possibly even think of doing, you know, basically murder and adultery, um, and everything in between. I mean, I'm sure there's accounts of David's life. Not every single section of his life was a snapshot in the Bible. So what I'm saying is relationship is the key to everything in life. You must have a relationship with Jesus. And the fact of the matter is, is that he wants a relationship with you. He wants you so bad. I mean, he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins, even though that you were a sinner, even though you didn't even know who you were yet, who your parents were yet, anything. You didn't even, you weren't even, <laughs> nobody knew you. But Jesus died anyway because that's how much he loved you so much. So if you have any questions, I'm going to go ahead, just like all the other episodes, and drop my email into the comments. So go ahead and email me with any questions about religion versus relationship. I know we just got to touch on a couple of things, but we're running out of time here. I know that the audio, the audio is not the best the best in here. And I know it's a deep topic, but like we said, you know, a rugged identity, we're going to have some conversations that aren't the easiest to have and that may ruffle some feathers a little bit or may just not make sense to people and that's okay that's why we're here we want to answer those questions we want to be there for you but we love you guys um tune in next week as tanner and hayden will be hopping on and i'll be filling y'all in i don't know exactly what the topic's going to be yet i can't remember off the top of my head but it's going to be a good one we're going to laugh and have a good time just like we had last time and guys before we sign off just like we say every week just remember stay rugged and know who your identity's in